Welcome to another episode of the Saddle Up Show with Shy and Destin. Brought to you by Horseshoe Huddle, uh, Fan Nation, and of course, Sports Illustrated. Man, I'm excited. I'm excited because OTAs is here. Although everyone's frustrated, we haven't had a chance to see anything yet. There's been some whispers in the wind. We're we going to get to that a little bit later. But like we start off every show, my guy Destin is here. And how are you doing, sir? I'm doing good, man. This this little uh, hiatus we have until OTA news is going to get out and training camp news is going to get out is uh, it's a little rough. Um, gets gets a little um, stagnant. I understand that. So we're all going to just keep trying to grind and bring you guys as much information as possible. Um, also, just want to shout out, um, I'll do this at the beginning and the end. Um, I have a pretty big piece coming out tomorrow, one that I've really spent the entire offseason working on that I'm really excited for. Um, I'm going to be releasing a piece that's going to cover the head coaching from the head coaching search all the way up to OTAs this week. Um, and you're going to get some of the insider knowledge that I've learned throughout this off season um, and some different quotes from different people about their first impressions um, on Mr. Anthony Richardson. Um, so make sure you guys check that out tomorrow. As always, you can find our work at the horseshoe huddle website, horseshoehuddle.com, or feel free to go through the sports illustrated site and click on their Colts affiliate. Um, but super pumped. Uh, for that to get out there tomorrow yeah man make sure i'm gonna check that out after i get off work tomorrow uh always interested to read what some of your thoughts is although we had a you know a kind of brief discussion about it before the show i'm really excited to see you know the piece in its entirety uh what's going on y'all see people coming in what up matt johnny jack uh, appreciate y'all man and everybody else that's in the live right now uh today we have something special we're gonna we're gonna draft the top five most important Colts. Each of us are going to draft. Well, I guess it'll be a total of 10 players. We're going to draft five apiece. We're going to flip the coin live to see who goes first. But before we get to that, uh, just wanted to share some thoughts on OTAs. <clears throat> I know there's been some confusion out there. A lot of people haven't been able to see anything that's going on with the OTAs. And that's because the media is not allowed to be there until Thursday. So if you're wondering why it hasn't been many videos or anything being put up, that's the reason why uh, tomorrow you guys will get a lot more of that. Uh, we have some great media people that represent the Colts, and, and I'm sure they're going to be filling all of those videos on the timeline. I know we all want to see uh, Anthony Richardson. Destin has heard some things. I, I'll just share briefly what I've heard so far. Um, and that's Anthony Richardson's progressing well. Uh, I was telling Destin before the show, um, my guy hit me and was saying the – leap he's made mentally from rookie minicamp to OTAs has been outstanding as far as getting the playbook down and getting the verbiage down. That was something that was a big part of what they wanted him to have down pat before, you know, they come to naming who a starter was going to be or anything like that and determining his playing time. He has to get that verbiage down. But he's progressing well in those areas. And they say the timing that he's showing with some of these veterans is really good. Uh, Josh Downs has been a, has been a standout so far from what I heard as well. You know, him and Anthony Richardson carried that momentum they had from rookie minicamp to OTAs. But the the most outstanding part is him just getting to work with these veterans and, and they're already making a solid connection. I mean, there's been some misses. I don't want to lie to you guys like it's been all great. 
but that's that's to be expected. Hundred percent completion percentage. <laughs> um, I, word word on the street that is that he didn't even throw an incompletion in the hotel parking lot when when Josh Downs and him were playing catch. Um, he has a undroppable ball. I, I, I just uh, that's the word on the streets. I, I heard he shattered a passenger window. <clears throat> Let me not put that out there because that'll be a story of. It was mine. I'm not. I'm not pressing charges. <laughs> I bet you're not. But yeah, that I'm was also those not are some fixing the, the window. Those are some of the things I heard regarding AR. Uh, Dusty, you had anything that you wanted to share? Uh, um, yeah, are I mean, you saving it for your piece tomorrow? Um, I mean, everything. Every, I, I put a lot of stuff into that, so make sure you guys check it out for tomorrow to hear some thoughts from some people that are not us, um, and that have been live in person, seeing it, hearing it, talking to him directly. Um, but basically, all I'm going to say is they are very pleased with what they've seen so far. Um, not even just the on-field product, but just the person that has been in the room, the person that's been in the building, the person that has been soaking in what they are giving him. Um, they are very pleased with that aspect of it so far, which when you're in phase one of the off season, which is where we're at for those of you that aren't sure. Uh, but when you're in this phase, like, that's really all it's going to be about. It's going to be about soaking in this playbook, soaking in this new coaching staff's nuances and things like that. Um, and so far so good um, for Anthony Richardson and the new brass. So um, we'll, we'll see what everything gets, gets actually started. We get to throw pads on and we can start uh, seeing things a little bit more realistically, but I don't think anything could be going better at this point. Yeah, man, that's all you want to see at this point. You don't want to put too much on the kid's plate. You don't want to overwhelm him. You just want him to carry himself the right way. You want to see if that character that you scouted and spent all that time studying, you want to see how real that is. And when you get it in your building, you know, when you see it from the top, it, it, it's, it's infectious, man. So uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, I've seen nothing that – I've heard nothing that deter, deters me from the player I thought he could be. He he looked like he's handling the pressure well, and and that's what has me the most excited. All right, Destin, you ready to flip this coin? I am. So, you, do we want to give a little breakdown of exactly it is that we're doing before we flip this coin? Okay, me and me and Destin are drafting the top five most important players this season for the Indianapolis Colts. Not the top five best players, but just the most, most important. important. That it's a big difference, you know. Who who's the most critical to this team's success this season? And we're gonna. I'm gonna flip the coin live on. Air. So if you if we win the coin toss, do we get to pick first or second, or whoever wins it is first? Well, well, you get to pick. We whether okay. you want to be first or second. You know, I can't imagine you want to be second, but yeah, hey, you get snake. I, you get you get two and three. I get you it. You want a snake? Okay, we can snake. Oh, we got to. We got. We got. We got. We got to snake it. We got to keep it fair here up in here. Okay, I'm. I'm good with that. Heads. Do you want me to call it? Yeah. Tails. All right. I was just showing the people. I'm gonna catch it. I'm gonna go tails. You are correct. Tails. It is tails. Do you want to go first or do you want to go second? Do I want to go first? Put your boy (laughs) on the clock. Okay, okay, okay. I think I know who you're talking about. I think I know you go. So, go ahead, just make it. Make just gonna it throw this on the screen. Just kind of follow along. Um, 
this is how we're going to roll it. So I'm going to go first. The Rashad will mm-hmm. get to go second, third, and vice versa. Um, mm-hmm. And then when we make these picks, we're going to kind of just talk a little bit about it. Uh, the other person yeah. who doesn't draft them can also talk about this person. Um, and we'll Absolutely. also have to talk about, you know, if we think any of these picks are stupid. I feel like we're going to be in unison on the first one, though. Um, <laughs> just a guess. But for the first pick, I'm going to go a guy that I think is going to start week one, snap one on offense. And that's Anthony Richardson. Um, I think he is going to end up being the starter um, here in Indianapolis. I think he is further along than I think some people were expecting. Um, And I think he is so detrimental to not just 2023, but the Colts future that they are going to want to get this started and get him on. Um, I think with the way that the offense works and how Shane Steichen is going to mold the offense around the signal caller, um, I think it's important to to get everyone else on the same page, get the guy that's going to be the long-term quarterback in this offense that you're going to build with. And I think there's just so many other questions around it of, do you pay Michael Pittman? Do you pay Jonathan Taylor? Um, Do you need so-and-so offensive lineman help? Like to me, the only way you're going to find out what you need is by putting the guy in there that you're actually building this offense around. So I think Anthony Richardson is going to be the week one starter. And with the pick at four, with how they built this offensive staff, with all of the importance that they put on this selection and how much time we've waited for the heir to the Andrew Luck throne. um, I I think he is the most important Colt for 2023 and beyond. Yeah, this was the easy one. Um, Anthony Richardson is is the only player on the roster that you wouldn't care if you didn't win a game as long as he flashed and showed superstar potential. You'll be perfectly fine with it. Uh, the the goal is for Anthony Richardson to develop. That's priority number one for this fan base right now and for the organization. It should be priority number one for the fan base. I, I know it's probably not, and people will be mad, you know, if, if we're winning games, but Anthony Richardson looks terrible. I would be terrified, me personally, if we were winning despite Anthony Richardson and not because of Anthony Richardson, I, I personally would be terrified. That's an easy pick. His development is numero uno for me so that that was an easy choice oh so since destin got to pick first tails tails never fails all right anybody that know me know i have two core philosophies i have core principles throwing the ball and making sure you tackle the guy that's throwing the ball so my first pick is going to be someone that's has the responsibility of protecting Anthony Richardson's blind side. My first pick is going to be Bernard Ryman at number one. I think he is the most, aside from Anthony Richardson, I think he's the most important coach to this season. We see what not having a good left tackle can do. We have nightmares of not having a good left tackle, and it literally wrecks your season. The Colts were in shambles when they didn't have a left tackle, uh, a la Matt Pryor from last season, it destroyed everything the coach tried to do. Left tackle is not a position you can mitigate because other people on your offensive line is good. Like you have to have a guy that can play at that position. And when you have a rookie quarterback, it's just crucial that he's not, you know, feeling pressure from that blind side. It's important that he can trust that guy that's, that's assigned with protecting him on that side. And, 
as good as Anthony Richardson is, if he if he has a guy that he can't trust that left tackle, I think it's you know it's pretty worthless. But Bernard Ryan is a guy who's who started to look really really good in the last half of the season. I say the last six games, if you want to be exact. I think he's a, has the potential to be a flower stud. Like the type of athlete he is, or the promise that he showed. If he gets a little bit stronger, I'm telling you, man, this guy has the potential to be a solid starter for the long term. I don't think he's an all-pro, pro-bowl type of guy, but I think he can be a solid long-term starter, a plus starter for your team for the next 10 years. Yeah, I mean, Bernard Ryman is who I had at two. Um, I'm a nerd um, for anybody that uh, know, doesn't know me. Um, I made a big board for this um, once me and Rashad decided this was going to be what we did. Uh, <laughs> so I do have, I did have a big board to kind of prepare for this. I had Bernard Ryman at two. I was kind of hoping that Shad was going to go a different route here um, if we did end up um, in this order and that I would end up getting him in the round two as well because um, I thought that would just be such a stack. Um but um, this is who I would have went if I was in Rashad's case after Anthony Richardson was on the, off the board too. But um, like I said earlier, Anthony Richardson's success means so much to this franchise going forward. And right now, the amount of – like the game of the NFL, I've said this before on this show, um, is all about where you can get advantages, whether that is in a skill-wise, whether that's in a cap-wise. Like it's all about where you have advantages on your roster. And the Colts are in a spot right now where the fact that they're going to have rookie contracts at quarterback and left tackle going forward is a clear advantage um, that they can take take advantage of. So if Bernard Ryman can work out and be the left tackle of the future to have a guy that's going to be on that type of deal for three more years is going to be very, very valuable to this franchise and to Anthony Richardson's development. So um, I definitely think that's the right selection. Yeah, man. And with my next pick, I'm probably going to confuse a lot of people. Well, not confuse a lot of people, but I'm going to the other side of the ball. And I'm, I told you, I have core principles. You know, on offense, we throw the ball. And on defense, we rush the pass. I'm going with Quiddy Pay. Quiddy Pay is so important this season. There is no Yannick Ngakwe. There is no veteran. As I guess Sam, Samson Ebicom, if you want to call him. But the pressure is on Quiddy. Quiddy has to be the ace. He has to develop into an ace pass rusher for the Indianapolis Colts. Like, it, this is year three. This is when the jump usually occurs. Uh, I thought he played really well last season when he was healthy, and that's the problem. He's had injury history his first two years, but when he's on the field, he's a true difference maker, uh, outstanding against the run. He, he's been that since his rookie year. That That was the selling point on him, you know, coming out of Michigan. He was an awesome run defender. And has been developing as a pass rusher. And I thought he took steps in those directions for the for last season. Like if you look at his pressure rate, you know, his pass rush win rate, it, it was all above average. And and he just has to continue to build on that. I think this is the year, hopefully, that he puts it all together, finally has a healthy season and becomes that A pass rusher that the coach just been missing. You know, Ballas swung at this position and missed. Uh, several years we could run through the list of names but hopefully finally quitty can develop into that because it's been a long time since the Colts have had that and if buckner can be the guy he is in the middle uh along with grover along with uh dio on the other edge i think if quitty can develop into that a plus pass rush this group can be a really good group moving forward 
So uh, I feel like someone leaked my uh, draft board uh, to Rashad. Um, Bernard Rive and Quiddy Pay were my two and three as well. Um, I think Quiddy, like you said, when healthy, has just been a difference maker. Um, and we're approaching that point where we're going to have to make a decision on that year five um, deal, not this season, but next they're going to have to make that decision. Um, so this is a big year, um, not necessarily a contract year, but it's the year in which he has to prove her whether or not he is going to get that fifth-year option, which mm-hmm. the Colts have been one to decline fifth-year options if they feel the need to do so. Malik Hooker being a recent um, pick that had his fifth-year option decline, and he is now playing elsewhere. So the, the Colts are not afraid to do that, and I think this is going to be a big year for Pay, and I'm excited to see it. Um, they're they're going to be running with the youth on the edge, um, and I think this is going to be a big opportunity to kind of see who Pay and what he's made of a little bit. Um, I was hoping one of those two would be this pick here. Didn't end up falling in my favor there. So I'm going to stay on the offensive side of the ball. And to quote Shane Steichen, <laughs> our fearless leader, we are going to throw to score points. To score. We're going to run to win. To win. And while Anthony Richardson can't do both of those, I'm going to go ahead and take Jonathan Taylor, who obviously the news broke today that he finally has signed with his new um, agency. Um, That was one of the dominoes that we were hearing is was kind of not in the way, but the domino that needed to fall before the Colts and Taylor could get into real negotiations. Um, A a big one being that he signed with an agency that also represents Shaquille Leonard. Um, So he's going to have, they're going to have somebody that just worked with this brass and getting an extension done just previously. Um, So there's already a built relationship there, which is a nice plus for the Colts, but Jonathan Taylor in the run game, like I said with Bernard Ryman earlier, the Colts not having to pay at quarterback, not having to pay at left tackle, makes it to where you can pay at running back. You can be one of the few teams that does, and that extension can kind of line up to where when you would have to pay Anthony Richardson in a sense. So it, it, the timing is very good to extend a guy like Jonathan Taylor, and I think the deal is going to end up getting done. I think if you ask me even, I think Jonathan Taylor ends up getting extended before the first game of the season's played. Yeah, I think he has a high chance of getting extended before the first game play. I actually think Michael Pittman does as well. Uh, more on that later. But um, Jonathan Taylor, man, I mean, he goes against everything, all my principles as far as paying a running back. But he he's a special type talent. And, I, and like you said earlier, I think it, it alleviates some of that, you know, when you have a quarterback that's on a rookie deal. It allows you to just w- prioritize surrounding him with talent. Regardless of where the talent is, you know, you can you can typically spend more on the offensive line. You can spend a little more on the receiving room. You can spend more at the running back position when you have a quarterback that gives you that type of flexibility, which is why a rookie contracts are so important. And it's been an Achilles heel of the Colts to not have one of those since since they've had Andrew Luck, you know, going out and paying Jacoby Brissett before he became the starter and, and then paying Phillip and Carson and Matt Ryan. You know, the coach was always shelling out top-of-the-line money. And the coach will be paying a good deal of money to the quarterback this year because they're still paying Matt Ryan, who's going to be over there on CVS. But comparing that to what they paid in the past, now that you have a guy who as dynamic as Jonathan Taylor is, if he can get back to what he was uh, a season, two seasons ago, then 
you know, you're going to have to pay him at least $14, $15 million. I'm under the assumption. But he's worth it, you know, for for what Anthony Richardson needs right now, just a guy to take some of that pressure off. He he won't be tasked with doing all the heavy lifting. You have a guy that can, you know, create explosive plays by just handing him the ball, which is the quarterback's best friend, especially when you're a rookie. So uh, I'm all for that move. I think that's a really good pick. Appreciate it. Oh, Appreciate it. Who you going it. with now? Pressure's so on. the next one, I had two you names. You can't pick all offense, Destin. You can't. Yeah, you can't say I it. had two names here, but I'm going to go on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I'm going to go who I believe is the best overall player that is currently on the Colts, and I'm going to go DeForest Buckner. Um, big reason why I'm going him here. So we talked about it a little bit with Quiddy Pay and the fact that they're going to be rolling with the youth movement on the defensive line. DeForest Buckner is really the lone. I mean, they bring in Samson, um, so that that adds an, a vet in the room as well. But DeForest mm-hmm. Buckner has been here. DeForest Buckner is the leader on that defense. And right now, with Shaquille Leonard, who is battling this injury bug, and we're trying to figure out when he's going to be back to 100. Um, percent he has to be the vocal and physical leader on that defensive side of the ball right now. So I, I think looking at him, I think he means a lot to the development of all of these defensive linemen, not just the interior guys, but the edge rushers and the amount of presence that he can take away from them on the line. Um, I also think a big one is I, I expect they're going to use him in a very versatile way this year on the defensive line with the lack of veterans there. Um, I don't feel like we're going to be seeing DeForest uh, leave the field very often, um, right. knock on wood for any injuries or anything like that. But I feel like he's going to be on the field near 100% of the defensive snaps this year as you get. Um, so I think he's very important to the team success. I think he's even more important to the overall success of this defense. Yeah, you know, there's very few guys on the defensive line in the NFL that changes the math for you, you know, that commands a certain type of attention. DeForest Buckner is one of those kind of guys. DeForest Buckner is so dominant. He can get the rest of the defensive line one-on-one situations because he commands that type of attention. So, you know, it's crucial. I think it's absolutely pivotal that DeForest Buckner is out there at all times because – like I say, P- Quiddy gets those one-on-ones. You know, he creates those one-on-ones for Dio and, and and Samson as well. You know, whenever Dio kicks to the inside and Samson is out there in pass rush situations, he's just that good, you know, and he's still playing at a high level, very, very high level. The defense was really solid for most of the season last year until, you know, they absolutely fell apart at the end of the season just from wear and tear. But DeForest was still at the top of his game. Well, you go back in time. I know people like to say we should have took a quarterback with that first round pick that we traded for DeForest Buckner, but I'm perfectly fine with the way that played out. DeForest Buckner has been a, a top three, top five defensive tackle since he got here, and, and he's still playing at that level. So I'm not mad at that pick. Now, I get two picks. I know who they are. I'm just, I'm just trying to see which one I want to go with first. Let's just stick with defense. Uh, this guy. I know you said DeForest Buckner is the best player on the defense, and I might be inclined to agree with you, only because this guy missed basically the entire season last year. But the year before that, this guy was a legit defensive player of the year candidate. Uh, he forced 12 turnovers in one season by himself. You know, just, just 
video game shit, like what we saw from him the year before, his last healthy season. I know some people say he's got paid, and now he's just he just doesn't care. But that player is Shaq Leonard. Uh, Shaq Leonard, what he does for this team and what he does for this defense is something like you can't even put a value on it by just looking in a stat book. Uh, he's the emotional leader for these guys, uh, one of the smartest guys on the defense. He plays at 110% at all times. He pushed his injury last year just because he wanted to be out there with those guys. He did more damage than good, you know, showing up. He wasn't the same player at all. You could clearly see he was still affected. But, I mean, even go back to two years ago, you know, when he forced those 12 turnovers, how many times we seen him catch interceptions or, or, or pick up a fumble recovery and he's literally running on one leg. That's how bad he wanted to play that year. He, he literally – wrecked the league playing on one leg that's how talented this young man is he's truly a special type of player i don't believe in paying off ball linebackers but the coach do a lot of things that make me go against my beliefs paying running backs paying off ball linebackers you know paying guards but shaq leonard absolutely deserved to get the bag i think he deserved to reset the linebacker market at the time because he's that special of a talent the, the skill set is very unique. You can't compare him to any other player in the league. I, I believe he has the most turnovers forced from a linebacker position in NFL history for their first five seasons. He is just a ridiculous player, man. The, the way he plays, the edge he plays with, I love everything about him. And hopefully we can get him back to 100%. I just don't know, man. I just don't know. Hopefully he's the same guy. I just don't know if he will be. Yeah, I mean – Shaquille Leonard, when he is on the field, has a talent at taking the football away for an off-ball linebacker that, honestly, we just haven't seen. Um, like the consistency that he does it with, to where, because what he does seems like is going to get portrayed in the media, and when he does it, as that he gets these punch outs, he's a, like l- lucky break for the Colts defense, but you can't call it a lucky break when you do it consistently. Exactly. Like the, exactly. his ability to take the football away was muchly uh, missed this past year. Um, the defense that I feel like was improved in the fact of the presence that they had and the fact that if you asked offenses which defense they'd like to play against, whether it was the 21 or 22 defense, the 21 defense, I think offenses would have chose to play against mm-hmm. over the 22 defense. But if you could combine the turnovers from 2021 with the overall just physical nature of the 22 defense, like that's a nasty group right there. And Shaquille yeah. Leonard missing the entire year was a big part of it. Um, so him coming back, him being there is a huge need for this team without a doubt. Um, it'll just be about what what is this version of Shaquille Leonard now? And if it's anywhere near 100% of what we've seen in the past, um, that's one of the best players in the NFL. Yeah, man. And, and the Colts don't have that safety valve like they had last season as far as they was able to pull Zaire Franklin, you know, pull that lever. They don't have quite that lever. I know we still have EJ Speed, but with Bobby O'Karakay moving on, if we wasn't to have Leonard, I think that'd be a big blow for this defense. But uh, my my fourth pick, going back to the offensive side of the ball, Anthony Richardson cannot be successful if he doesn't have a number one receiving option. This guy is a guy. Who's the number? Who's the number one receiving option, Rashad? We're not doing that. It's Michael Pittman. We're, we're absolutely not doing that. Uh, Alec Pierce is definitely the number two receiving option. 
with the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Michael Pittman, a guy who caught 100 balls, I believe, for the first time in his career, or 99, or some some, some close to that. You know, he didn't crack a th- he didn't crack a thousand yards, which I think is just lets you know the type of offense that the Indianapolis Colts had. Ninety nine catches yeah. for nine hundred and twenty five yards and four touchdowns last year. The guy didn't even average ten yards per reception, which is just it's not his fault. You know, he did what he could. This offense was terrible. Uh, Matt Ryan, Nick Foles, Sam Ellingoat could not push the ball down the field at all. You know, we saw what Michael Pittman did a couple of years ago with Carson Wentz when he was more of a downfield threat and more of a deep threat. I think he can get back to that with Anthony Richardson, especially with Shane Steichen. This is an offense that's going to be predicated on verticality and pushing the ball down the field. I, I, Anthony Richardson probably only completes maybe 15, 15 passes per game, but five to seven of those are going to be past 20 yards you know like he's going to push the ball down the field in this offense a lot of play action a lot of shot plays whenever you get one-on-ones on those outsides and Michael Pittman is going to have to be that reliable guy that that Anthony Richardson feels comfortable enough to go to in those one-on-one situations I think Alec Pierce will be that too but I think Mike just being a veteran and probably constantly communicating with Anthony Richardson letting him know what he's seeing out there it's going to be a big help for his development and a guy I think he can lean on early and often. And plus, I think Michael Pittman is just one of those guys that kind of gets a bad rep among Colts Nation. You know, people always have these debates. I'm sure they'll have it again, whether he's a true number one or number two. I really don't care about that. I think he's a good player. And I know the extension is coming. I know the Colts want to get it done. I, from everything I've heard, they they really want to get that deal done. And I don't know what the number is going to be for him, but he's a vital part of this offense and he's a vital part of this team moving forward. So hopefully they get that figured out and, and we see a different Michael Pittman this season than we saw last year. Yeah, I was just joking around. Michael Pittman's the best receiver uh, on this team. And I honestly don't know if many receivers would have been able to have a thousand yards in the past game the Colts had last year. No. Um, it would have been very difficult. Um, is all I'm gonna say. Um, like I'm not, I'm not trying to say the best of the best couldn't have found a way. I'm not gonna say Justin Jefferson wouldn't have been a thousand yard receiver here. I'm not trying to say that too much, but I, I think the amount of receivers that could have put up in a thousand yard season with the offensive situation that has going on last year, you could probably count on one hand. Um, and that, that's just a notion of how bad the offense was this past year and how bad of a, just a situation it was not even just statistically, just overall morale, overall vibe, just, it was a bad, bad situation. Um, so I, I don't put it on Michael Pittman as much there. Um, I think this year's a big one for him whether a deal gets done or not preseason um i feel like this is gonna be the year that he can kind of submit himself here or there and being that number one receiver for a rookie quarterback because in nfl recent history uh, we've seen that if a guy on the roster isn't getting it done as the number one for a young quarterback teams are eager to go get it so if michael Pittman is not that answer is not out of the question of thought that the colts would make a move to go get 
that said receiver. I mean, we saw the Bills do it for Josh Allen and go get Stephon Diggs. We saw the Eagles do it for Jalen Hurts and go get A.J. Brown. Um, this is a recent phenomenon that we're seeing. So Michael Pittman, if he doesn't want that addition to come, I feel like he has to go up and say that I am that Stephon Diggs. I am that A.J. Brown. You have that here. You don't need to go elsewhere. Um, and this is not a situation where your mom says we have McDonald's at home. Uh, we, we th- this is a situation where um, I am that top tier guy that you want and that you have. Don't go elsewhere to get it. So I think this is a big year for Michael Pittman. All right, Destin, you got to close out, close out your draft. All right. All right. All right. I mean, I'm going to go Quentin Nelson first. Um, okay. I'm going to go Quentin Nelson first. So Bernard Ryman being the blind side going first, that was imperative because of the spot that he plays. Quentin Nelson's going to go here because he, on an offense that did not have an identity this past year, on an offense that has a lot of youth, Quentin Nelson feels like that leader. Um, been here, one of the best in the league at his position, is going to have a more prominent role and more prominent responsibilities in this offensive line system that's going to be run here than this past regime. So I think we're going to see a very, very motivated Quentin Nelson. I think we're going to see a very, very aggressive Quentin Nelson. I'm pumped for it. And I think when you have a young quarterback back there, any advantage you can have up front is a big one. And Quentin Nelson in most matchup is an advantage for you. So Quentin Nelson's success is going to mean success for Anthony Richardson, which is going to mean success for the Colts. So I'm super excited to see Nelson getting pulled a little bit more. We got to see it a little bit early in his career. and We've kind of went away from it the last couple of seasons where we haven't been able to see him moving that direction as much. But I think he's going to be active. Um, um, I hope, hope he's been on the treadmill this offseason, being ready to run, because I, I sense that the Colts, new, this new system the Colts are going to run, that Quentin Nelson is going to be moving uh, laterally more than previous. Yeah, I mean, Quentin Nelson, man, you know, at the top of his game is the best guard, <clears throat> the best interior lineman in the NFL. He definitely was hobbled by injury last year, wasn't playing it, wasn't playing at 100%. I think he is healthy now. Uh, he's a guard at the end of the day, so it's only so so much he can actually affect the game, which is why he's down here at four and, you know, not in, in first or second round because he is good enough to be in the first. You can argue Quentin Nelson is the best player on the coast team, you know, easily too. By his resume, his, his accolades, what he's accomplished in the league, but the fact that he's guard, he's a guard and he only could – affect the game in so many ways, Steichen is going to weaponize that. And I think this will be the first time it actually really gets weaponized since he's been in the league. Steichen's going to put him in situations where he's out on the move, he's out in space, and that's when you really get to see his athleticism shine. And I think it's going to be a big boost for, for Jonathan Taylor on outside runs and Anthony Richardson on quarterback design runs. Plus, he'll help keep the pressure up the middle mitigated he, he's gonna do a great job with that because that's that's what quentin nelson does and hopefully for the first time you know in a couple of years he'll be able to focus strictly on his position and not trying to help out a guy that needs help on the side of him at the tackle position i, I like the draft pick Who, who's you going with last okay so i'm gonna say the two people that i've been battling back and forth on all day for who i wanted this last pick to be one of them might um, not the be who o- I'm actually. The only thinking. reason I'm saying it is because I that second person I don't think you are gonna pick anyway, but I at least want to bring it up because 
I, I'm I was very close to doing it. So first, I'm going to say the person I'm going to take is Julius Prince. Um, that's who I'm going to take here in round five. Now, the person that I have been battling taking instead has been Darius Rush all day. Um, going wow. back and forth on it. So the reason I'm going to go Julius Brents is because the draft at hand is most important Colts for 2023. Um, I think Darius Rush has a higher ceiling than Julius Brents. And mm. we've said this on here before. And I, But I love the idea of these two being a long-term combo one-two corner in this for this team going forward. And I think they have high upside with both, but anytime a rookie is drafted and the room is so thin that like the Colts corner room is, and the expectation to start early is there. You're a very important part. And I think after quarterback, after left tackle, the hardest position to play in professional football is at corner because of the level of play that is at receiver in this day and age in the league. So Julius Brents is going to come in most likely having to start day one, most likely going to be the number one outside corner day one. So he's going to see some of the best receivers in the NFL and that's year one, Like he's going to get thrown into the fire. So I think that is why I'm going to go Julius Brents here, even though a big part of me was battling taking Darius Rush here. Um, but I think Julius Brents is going to be the number one corner in 2023. Um, so I'm going to go Julius Brents, but I'm pumped to see the duo over the longevity of the future either way. Um, and the way we've been doing this, you know, is normally now's the time where I was talk about Julius Brents as well. But I think you hit that out the park. I'm going to take this time instead because Coach, I know Coach Nation is going to have something to say about this. But the reason I don't I can't speak for Destin and Destin can chime in and say if this was his reason. But the reason Isaiah Rogers is not going on my list, I don't know about Destin, is because I think we like Isaiah Rogers more than Gus Bradley actually likes Isaiah Rogers. Gus Gus likes those big bodied, long corners. And um Isaiah does not fit it. I mean, Isaiah played in this defense. I think last year was the best skill-wise season for Isaiah Rogers. So yes. I, I do want to say that. He had but, an outstanding season in this system. Yeah, I agree. But, but it was it was unexplainable for Fasha to continue to get snaps. And I, I know eventually Rogers won it over, but anybody could have saw that Rogers was playing at a at a couple levels higher than Brandon Fasha. But it's just not what Gus Bradley plays. Like he He's the opposite of what Gus Bradley values at the position. Like, this should be – Isaiah Rogers should be the number one corner coming into this season. Julius Brents and Darius Rush should be battling for CB2, to be honest. But it's a possibility that both of those guys can end up being CB1 and CB2 when the season comes, When the se especially around midseason, I'll say, because early on you're probably going to want to play with Rogers because he has the most experience. Rogers should be the number one corner. But I think we like him and we're higher on him than, than Gus Bradley actually is. And, and this is not going off what Gus Bradley has told me or anything like that. It's just going by his actions. Shot's know. actually reading off his phone right now from text messages from Mr. Bradley himself. Uh, nah, Gus I know pe pe people will put it together. Ah, his brother did coach with Gus Bradley. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he got that from Gus Bradley. Nah, but 
Just rally and tell me any of this, but I'm just going off his actions. So Gus that's why Isaiah Rogers did His on. actions told us. Um, so, I mean, if you're playing Brandon Faison over Isaiah Rogers in his play last year, yes. um, I feel like the likelihood of a second-round pick and Julius Brents playing over him is pretty likely. Um, like exactly. that, 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 That's how I look at it. That's how you see it as well. But I think there's an element to this that could work out for everyone involved. Because if Julius Brents and Darius Rush knock it out of the park on the outside, Kenny Moore is on a contract year on the inside. Isaiah Rogers can cement himself as that inside corner of for the longevity of the future, which is a starter mm-hmm. on this team. It should be its yep. own position on Pro Bowl rosters. It should be its own position on all pro rosters. Um, but that's a story, a topic for another day that we've it's a conversation we've beaten to it as a dead horse almost at this point, but uh, there there is opportunities for this to work out for everybody. But um, I I went Julius Brins for similar reasons that Rashad just shared over a guy like Isaiah Rogers and why I considered a guy like Darius rush even over Rogers. Yeah. Okay. To round out the draft, my last pick is going to be somebody that I didn't expect to pick. He was kind of like going to be my honorable mention. But I'm going to do it, man. I'm going to do it. Jelani Woods is going to be the last pick rounding out my roster for the most important coach of 2023. Uh, let's face it. We saw the, the whole Jack Doyle left last season at the tight end position from a blocking standpoint and even from a you know safety valve reliability standpoint in the passing game. Uh, Jelani Woods with the... 19 tight ends we have on a roster. He's the guy with the highest ceiling. I think he has the best capability to be the most well-rounded out of all of those guys. Um, he ha- he does have an elite, some elite physical traits. He he can be a star. He flashed a few times last season, had monster games, but he just didn't put it all together as far as the blocking side of things. If he can become more engaged and more physical at the point of attack, clean up some some technique things and, and hand placement is is just was awful last season as far as a blocker. But the ceiling for this guy is through the roof, man. We saw what he could do as far as a receiver. Uh, we know the the measurables, the physicality. He has the potential to be a very special player. And Anthony Richardson is a guy, man, who does miss, and when he misses, he misses high which might play right into Jelani Woods' hands, which might play into the hands of most of these receivers. I, I think it's just set up for him to have a big year this year. Moelle Con- Cox is in a con- – I was about to say Moelle contract. Moelle Cox is in a contract year. So, uh, you know, the Colts can save some money if they move on from him. There's a couple of other tight ends. I, I like Granton a lot. You know, I-, I think he's the best separator out of all of these tight ends. He has – a, a certain role as the F tight end, I think that that he can pretty much solidify. But I think Jelani Woods can become a down in and down out tight end that this team can rely on. That has big play potential. Something we haven't seen from the position since the Eric Ebron season, a few, almost half a decade ago. Feel like. So I like to pick. I like to pick a lot. I'm glad Jelani made himself on this um, spreadsheet, um, and I think he deserves it. Um, I think Jelani Woods, um, overall, let's just backtrack here. I think the tight end position in the NFL, the discrepancy at it is probably larger than any position in the National Football League because you have your elite tight ends, and then the drop basically goes to average tight ends. Elite, 
average bad. Like there's there's three categories of tight ends in the National Football League. Yeah. So if you have a tight end on your roster that has the upside to enter that top threshold of the elite category, um, that that's important. That's saying something because that's an area that just most teams are not going to have. I mean, that elite threshold right now has Travis Kelsey, has George Kittle. I'd say Mark Andrews is on there. And then you have a bunch of guys looking in. I mean, that, that, that's it. Like there's, yeah, you have a bunch there's of guys, guys who are good. Yeah, but, the guys but, that you're waiting to take that next step but haven't did it yet. Yeah, like the TJ Hawkinsons, the, the Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts. The, like there's guys that you want to enter that threshold, but they're just not there. Um, I mean, TJ Hawkinson got traded for a reason. Um, in inner division for a reason. Um, I think he has a lot of talent, um, but definitely not in that same threshold of those three names that I just said. Um, yeah. I think Darren Waller at one point was in that threshold. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I think he is a little bit older in age and has fallen down a little bit there. We'll see how he goes in, in New York and see if he can kind of get back to that element. Um, but there's there's another group of young guys. I mean, Dallas Goddard, um, a little bit older, I guess, um, than most guys that when they came in the league there. But he would probably be the next guy, I think. I think so too. I think Goddard would be the guy that I would say is on the outside looking in. Um, yeah. And then I mean, I think people have expectations that Kyle Pitts is going to get there, right. but definitely not there yet. So Jelani Woods has that ability to get into that threshold, though, in the right system, in the right development mm-hmm. schemes. And his his size, his speed, his ability as a end zone threat, like the guy is going to, has the potential of being great. And having that type of weapon grow with a guy like Anthony Richardson, um, he's super important. And I'm excited to kind of see how he's used this year, because last year, the offense as a whole, like we said earlier, was not in a great spot. But the some of the best moments were when Jelani Woods was being used. Yeah, man, that that draft was actually a lot of fun. Uh, I know we have another one coming. We're not going to spoil it for the people. Uh, we have another one coming in a couple of weeks that we're going to do. But uh, you're going to win because you have Anthony Richardson. That's just how it goes. You know, whoever has Anthony Richardson, they're going to have the better team. They're going to have the most. I mean, the most votes it, on it probably also point. it probably also doesn't help you that if we went off the a list of best Colts overall, I probably have the top three talent wise Colts right now. Uh, only because Shaq isn't healthy though. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like right now, like right oh, now, like today, De- like today? yeah, DeForest Buckner yeah. would probably be one. Taylor and Nelson are probably interchangeable. I'd go Nelson two, Taylor three, but yeah. those are probably the consensus top three players on the Colts. So uh, me getting those three in the middle after Anthony Richardson helps. Yeah, I swung with upside. I mean, I went with I get unproven, unproven people that should make a leap. Uh, I, th- I think Ryan. being picked two is rough. I think being picked two here is a little bit rough because yeah, I feel like you have sure. to swing at some of the young guys after not getting Richardson, and then that just leaves some of these really good vets right there. Yeah. you got. I would have went Ryman and Pay. I, I would have went Ryman and Pay as well. Yeah. And, and people's mad at Shaq as well right now. So people are mad at everything. People are but mad. 
I will make sure to drop a picture of this for you guys tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. But make sure you guys let us know in the comments of this YouTube video who you think won this draft. Um, please leave all Rashad comments at home. We don't want those. Uh, <laughs> hey, make, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button right after you comment who you think had the better draft. Make sure you guys hit that like button. Make sure you go check out HorseshoeHuddle.com um, for all things Indianapolis Colts, some of the articles that we're doing. Um, just want to plug it one more time pretty big piece for me coming out tomorrow one that i've worked on the entire off season so i'm really excited to hear your guys's thoughts on it um but i have a piece dropping tomorrow that's going to cover everything that i heard from inside that building people that are close to that building um from the start of the colts head coaching search all the way up to colts otas this week so a good amount of information is going to be in that thing for tomorrow so make sure you guys are checking that out Hey, man, and thanks again. Like Dustin said, for tuning into the show. We will see you guys next week. Peace.